There are two ways in which you can look at my topic today. You can call it a big fish story or you can call it a big fish story. Either way, it will still be correct. I'm taking my text from Luke's Gospel chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would trust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said to him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Everyone has a big fish story. For every person who has been fishing, you know, the fish always gets bigger the further you get from the lake. You know, it was really this small when you caught it. And by the time you got delivering your story, it got that large. You know what I'm talking about. But for our text today, there is nothing fishy about this story. Here we see the popularity of the ministry of Jesus. It is growing. Word is being spread around of the miracles that are being wrought by him. And now, wherever he goes, people are beginning to jostle and shove in order that they might get close to him. But, you know, for me, it's always an exciting situation where people are pressing to hear the word of God. It's always exciting when God's word becomes such a priority in the lives of people that they press just to hear the word of the Lord. Now, 
as good and as spirited as our worship service and our singing may be, as effective and moving as our praying and our devotional time may be, if you do not come here to listen to the Word of God, my friend, you are here for all the wrong reasons. Because there's power in the Word of God. There's strength in the Word of God. There's deliverance in the Word of God. There's healing in the Word of God. There's hope in the Word of God. And all of us know that there is power in the Word of God because we know that in it is rest for the weary soul. We know that in the Word of God there's faith for the faint-hearted, strength for the weak, comfort for the bereaved, joy for the sorrowing, hope for the hopeless, deliverance for the captive, healing for the sick, peace for the troubled heart, and salvation, my friend, for the perishing. We know that when your enemies think that they have you trapped, you just open the word of God and you will hear him tell you, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. The word of God is alive, my friend. It is active. It is powerful. It is dynamic. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. So Luke tells us that Jesus is standing by the lake of Genesaret and uh, is also known as the Sea of Galilee. And uh, he makes a decision. In order to escape a little from the crowd that was thronging him, he commanded Simon Peter's ship. He gets into it and he tells Simon, pull on out a little ways in order that he might be able to teach the people there, uh, you know, without them pressing so close that he loses sight of those who are behind him. So he begins to teach the multitude. Now, how was it that the multitude could hear him at all? Well, I want you to know that Jesus, he needed no PA system because here in this area of Capernaum, the geography is such that the banks slope down into the Sea of Galilee. And by they pulling out the boat just a little ways offshore, an amphitheater type of situation is created where Jesus' voice becomes naturally amplified. Also, the rolling incoming waves 
they also add to the acoustics, which makes it very conducive for Jesus to teach the multitudes of people who are thronging to hear the word of God. So our text goes on now. When he was finished speaking to them, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. In other words, you are going to be pulling in a large catch. And so Simon answering said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now, the early church saw in that expression, launch out into the deep. They saw in that expression a command to forsake safe harbor and launch out into the deep where there is no safety at all except the word of God. Get out of safe waters and go to the place where the only help you can find is the word of God. That's how the early church reasoned. Get out of the safety of the sanctuary. Get out of the safety of the four walls of the church. Get out of the safety of uh, our comfortable environments and trust God for something that only God can do. I believe that the reason why many believers are not accomplishing much is because they are trying to play it too safe. But I must let you know that our God is a big God. Our God is an awesome God. Hear what the psalmist tells us. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. You see, it's safe near the land. It's comfortable there. But Jesus said, launch out into the deep where your only hope is my word. So, Faith Community Church, I believe that Holy Spirit is speaking to us this morning. It is He who is building this church and He knows how to populate it because God will send to this church whoever He wants to send. Here how Acts puts it, the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. It is the Lord who adds. Now we are called as laborers into the harvest. We are called to win souls to the kingdom of God. See, and when we evangelize, when we win lost souls, it is God who adds them to the church. So, Faith Community Church, let us quit worrying about what we are doing here. And let us trust God yeah, to do what He is doing. Let us stop asking God to bless what we are, what we are doing. And let us do what God is blessing. So Jesus commands Peter, 
launch out into the deep. But here's Peter. He begins to object, but in a polite sort of way. Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Now, hear what he is really saying. Lord, I am the fisherman, not you. You are a carpenter. I know how to fish. And I know when it is the time to fish. And what I do know is that that time isn't now. Because, Lord, let me tell you, I am the expert, you know. So let me educate you a little. As probably you're not aware, but as the day gets warmer, the fish goes to the deeper areas of the lake. And besides that, the nets that we have, they're not really uh, deep water nets. They are surface nets, or they carry floats. And uh, don't you know, Lord, not only that, the fish, they, 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 they can see the nets during the daytime. And when they see the nets, they are going to swim away. So it is from this point, it is from this place, it is from here that we can see that Jesus begins uh, Simon Peter's journey of discipleship. And uh, Jesus, he does so not by calling him away from his profession, but by challenging him to a bolder practice of his profession. I know what you are, Simon. You don't have to tell me. I am just trying to make you better at what you're doing. I don't want you really to stop what you're doing. I am just trying to teach you how to do it better. And God is saying to us this morning, right now, God is speaking to somebody right now. And he's saying, I don't want to take you out of the classroom. I want to make you a Christian teacher. I do not want to take you out of the office because I want to make you a Christian co-worker. I'm not trying to take you off your job. I am just trying to make you better at what your job is. I am trying really to anoint you in your profession. Brothers and sisters, thank God for school teachers, but hallelujah for a Christian school teacher. See, thank God for lawyers, but I say hallelujah for a Christian lawyer. So God, he is not trying to take you off your job. He is trying, he is just trying to make your job sweeter. Now, hear this. Sometimes when God begins to get more of us or more out from us, we mistake that for a call to preach from the pulpit in church. But God, he is really calling you 
to preach through your job. He's calling you to preach through your life, through your profession. God wants you to be anointed in whatever you do. Now, look at this as well. Jesus is not trying to assert his lordship over Simon Peter in the area of his weakness. He asserts his lordship in the area of his strength. I'm talking about in the area of fishing. So he says, Lord, we have been fishing all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. You are the master and I will do what you say. If you insist on it, we'll do it. But I already know, this is how Peter muses, I already know how this thing will turn out. But Lord, at your word, I will. Now, this is the big shout here really. Because this is what Jesus is really saying to them. I know, he says, that you think that you know, but you cannot possibly know like how I know. Because you think that this whole this thing is about fishing. That's what I'm talking about. But I don't want you to fish. I want you to follow. See? So the lesson is not uh, uh, essentially about fishing. It's really about following Jesus, following what he's saying. I'm not really calling you to fish. I'm calling you to follow. Because when I speak, uh, Jesus is more or less saying, even when it sounds foolish to you, I still want you to follow me, Peter. See? And uh, when you follow me, the fish will show up. See? That's the whole thing here. Following Jesus, obeying his word. Now, no one knows this principle more than or better than I do. You know, I was called by Jesus to quit a high-paying job with high-end perks and added revenue streams and so on for full-time pastoral ministry at Faith Community Church. Now, at that time, here it is, I was about four years into my house mortgage. My daughter was about to enter UWE, for which I had previously made a, uh, a full commitment financially. My wife was a homemaker, and at the time, the church was in no position to pay me a salary or, you know, even uh, give me a stipend. And coincidentally, hear this, my vehicle needed to be replaced, you see, at that time. Now, it has been 23 years since, and uh, 
to be honest, I really do not know how God did it at all. But here I am today. My house mortgage paid off. Both children graduated from UE now with uh, good jobs. And God has blessed me with a brand new vehicle, which was a gift from all of you tremendous folks here at Faith Community Church. Okay. Now, making such a huge decision to obey God appeared at the time downright reckless and foolish and illogical and irrational and everything. But I knew, I knew that I had heard from the Lord. And against all odds, I followed Jesus. And you know what? The fish showed up. There's someone here this morning. You did not know how things would turn out, but you trusted God despite everything that said otherwise and uh, your and fish showed up for you brothers and sisters it makes a difference when the lord directs you to do something see and that includes your service unto the lord you can be sure that when the Lord is directing your service and your ministry at, at the church, that whatever you do for the Lord, it's surely not going to be in vain. So Jesus, he gives Peter a twofold command. He says, launch out and let down launch out into the deep that's the first command and when you get out there let down your net that's the second command now get this nothing is wrong with the boat the boat is just not where the fish is nothing is wrong with the church my friend because the church has the word of God and the word of God still has power. The problem is the church isn't going where the fish are. See? But let me say this to you, the fish, they're not here with us in church this morning. They're not here. The fish, they're outside. They're in our families in our neighborhoods, among our co-workers, in our schools, in the residential areas, in the housing schemes, in the shopping areas, in the business places. And I hope that what I'm going to share quickly is going to help somebody. Now, the other day, I had to call my uh, cable service provider concerning uh, channel interference. And uh, that happened when I took a few minutes to check up on the West Indies cricket team. You know, I like my cricket whenever I get the opportunity to. So I wanted to 
uh, see how they were doing, how they fare, fare in, in the test and so on. And I saw I got this problem, this channel interference thing. So I called up, I spoke with a guy at customer service and while speaking with him, I engaged him from the, uh, at the start, I sensed something uh, from his voice and so on. So while speaking, I got an opening with him, an opening that allowed me to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he was quite, quite receptive. Here is this uh, customer service guy, and uh, he is listening to me not preach, but share the gospel, downright share the gospel with him. And he is very, very receptive. At the end of the conversation and so on, at the end of the chat, he told me that he was a Muslim. But I realized during our conversation that he needed peace in his soul. And when I pressed the issue, I realized that his dad passed away last year. And since then, he had been very uneasy, very troubled, no peace. Now, he listened to me because his religion did not offer the kind of peace that I was telling him about. And uh, I must say, regrettably, the only thing that I did not push was to make him say, to ask him to say, the sinner's prayer. We got, I mean, we, we, we were engaged to that extent. So my friend, listen to me. Faith Community Church, listen to me. If we lift up our eyes, we will see the harvest that is all around us. Jesus said, the harvest is, the, the, lift up your, uh, your, your, your eyes. See, for the fields are right already to harvest. We just got to lift up our eyes and see. But what has happened to the church is this. Because of this kind of celebrity Christianity syndrome, that kind of entertainment syndrome, that kind of bright lights, syndrome, title carrying syndrome, because of what I uh, call, you know, uh, the, our churches which have become visitor friendly places of, of inspirational preaching rather than transformational preaching of the word of God. See, the net result of all of that is that we, we do not want to fish for men we want to stay and maintain an aquarium. And we want to keep the aquarium because there are lots of pretty fish in the aquarium. But I want you to know, my friend, that you see, the pretty fish in the aquarium, they, most of them are really uh, bottom feeders in the lake because uh, a lot of our uh, Christians, they are 
carnal, they are selfish, they are unfriendly, they are negative, they are unwilling to evangelize, unwilling to do anything at all, unwilling to get involved in doing something in the church, getting involved in ministry, and sometimes they are nasty and hurtful in, in some of their relationships within the church, that is. See? And it, uh, uh, it was one survey that said that it is 20% of the people in the church that do 80% of the work. And it is the same 20% of the people that give 80% of the finances. See? So you make the correlation. But Jesus, he did not send us to keep the aquarium. He sent us to fish the lake. And to fish the lake, my friend, you've got to drag the bottom. You've got to drag the bottom and get people in church who are not wearing Chanel. Get them in here with their tattoos on. Get them in here with their pants hanging down. Get them in here with the disco stamp still on their hands. Get them in here, smelling like a rum bottle or a, a ganja stick. Get them in here. That's the key. See? But we are mining the aquarium when God wants us to drag the lake. And get this faith community. There are absolutely no shortages of sinners out there. They are all around us. Truth be told, we just do not want them in the church. But God is saying to us, drag the lake. So we need some drug, drug addicts in here. We need some prostitutes in here. We need some lesbians and homosexuals in here. Because we need to bring them into God's kingdom and let them know that God loves them too. He does not only love us. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. So we need to let them know that God loves them too. And hear this, if it wasn't for God, you know what? You may have been panhandling too. We also need the professionals in here. We need the business people in here. We need the academics in here because when you let down your net in the deep, your haul is going to be from top to bottom. You know, we were all sinners just like them on the outside, you know. Sinners on the way to hell. But thank God, thank God for grace. We are just forgiven sinners. There are people, you know, down the street who would come into our church if we didn't look at them so hard. We act so prim and holy. But listen, 
we used to be them. But God was patient with us. So don't you ever forget where God has brought you from. So you've got to go where the fish are. That's why we ain't catching anything. Now, Annette, it will never fill up until you let it down. So it doesn't matter how pretty that net is, how costly that net is, that net is worthless until you let it down, my friend. And when you let it down, you don't even know what is going to come into that net. Here at Faith Community, all kinds of people are in our church. And uh, we all come for the same reason. We all need a Savior. We all need the blood of Jesus to cover our sins. So your background does not matter. Where you come from does not matter. God is concerned about where you're on your way to. Where are you going to spend eternity? Will it be heaven or will it be hell? And let me tell you why it is so important, faith community, for us to go out there and become fishers of men. Let me tell you why we ought to go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to every creature and to bring in the lost to our church. Because if we just stay to keep and to mind an aquarium, pretty soon we are going to start eating the fish that we have in the air. And the worst kind of church is the church that has turned inwards on itself. The end result is that we will start hurting the very people we ought to be helping. But God did not call, call us to wound, wound the, the, the helpers. He called us to help the wounded. So we have to get out of the four walls of this church and just as well we've got to go to the deep cast let down our nets in order to bring in some big fish and by big fish i'm not talking about people with money i'm talking about big sinners big time sinners so guys let's go and close down some crack houses. Let's close down some prostitute dens. Let's target some of the crime bosses and the, and the crime areas and those human trafficking rings and so on. Let's go to the schools and tell those young people, those young people who are confused about their identity, Let's go and love them and speak to them, not judge them and put them down. Let us love them back to the Lord Jesus Christ because they need a Savior just 
like you and me need a savior. You know, God, he shows his grace to the homosexual just as much as he, as he shows grace to the drunkard. God's grace is sufficient, my friend, to save a same-sex partner as that grace is sufficient to save a whore. His grace is sufficient for all of us because every one of us need grace. So in closing, Jesus told them to cast the net and they will uh, catch a draught of fish. Whenever you do what God says, you will always experience a victory. And uh, Jesus, he will do even more, more than you can ever expect. Because the Bible tells us that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. See? So we must not limit him by our mentalities. I'm speaking to somebody here this morning. If you feel like your life is going, has been going in circles and things have not been working out for you in the way you had hoped they would, let me tell you something. Just keep on trusting God. He knows your address. He knows what you are going through and uh, he will show up. He will show up on time. So our text goes on to say they left all to follow Jesus. And uh, let me uh, show you what is really, really amazing here. They had just caught more fish than they had ever, ever caught in their whole lifetime. The Lord had brought them to the peak, to the zenith, to the ultimate of success in their profession. Yet you know what? They turned their backs on everything and they followed Jesus. They left it all, the Bible says, and followed Jesus. That's faith, my friend. That's what you call trusting God. Whenever you make up your mind and give it all to Jesus and surrender your life to him, he will always give you the victory and he will not let you do more for him than he will ever do for you. So the last two verses in our text from now on, Jesus tells them you're going to catch men. And they left all to follow Jesus. You know, a sinner knows he's a sinner. Deep in the inside, he knows that. An alcoholic, although he would deny it, he knows deep in the inside that he's an alcoholic. But what he really needs is someone to help him to get to a place where he could get some help. Check this. A wrecker knows that it cannot fix a wreck, but it shows up to take 
that wreck to a place where it can be fixed. So you see, when a person's life is a wreck, we ought to show up to bring that person to a place where he could be fixed, to a place where he could be healed. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the place where that healing takes place. The fellowship of the people of God is the sanctuary where a weary soul can find rest. The church ought to be a place of fellowship, a place of intimacy, where fellows gather in the same ship and thank God for new mercies and grace all the time. A place where human wrecks, I'm talking about worn out souls, where they can find peace and deliverance and salvation and comfort, a place where they can find a, a gateway to heaven, an open door to the resurrected living Christ, a place where they can find new hope and purpose and a touch, a little piece of God's glory in the earth right now. A little piece of the apparentness of who God is right now, this side of heaven. That's what we ought to be. A place of escape from this weary world. A place where those who are perishing can find new life. A place where we can hold their hands lovingly and caringly, regardless of who it is. A sinner called by whatever name, by whatever label they carry, that we can be God's true representative, true sons of the Most High God, carrying his heart and his love and his soul and his mind to reach a lost and a dying world. Let us, my friend, venture into the deep. And I know these days we are under COVID restrictions, but there are so many ways that we can find alternate ways of reaching the lost, online and otherwise, countless ideas and ways that we, at this time, can prevent lost souls from going into a lost eternity. So let us take a moment and offer our prayer unto the Lord. And before I do, if you are one of those who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is your tremendous opportunity right now. And all you've got to do is to acknowledge His love. Acknowledge that He paid the price for your sin. 
He died on Calvary's cross. He tasted of death for you so that you do not have to taste of the second death, but you can be with him for all eternity. Just ask him right now, Lord Jesus, come into my life, into my heart, and be my Lord and my Savior. Amen. So, Father in heaven, we thank you for salvation and for grace and for life that you have given us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you would anoint every believer under the sound of my voice this morning to mandate our own selves, oh God, to respond to the demand of the Spirit in our lives, to labor in this end-time harvest of souls. Lord, give us hearts of compassion for the lost, Compassion for those who are perishing day by day. God, and help us that we too would surrender our, our lives more and more. That we would leave all and come after you. And you said in your word, Jesus, that if we follow you, you would make us to become fishers of men. Lord, send us forth. Send us forth. Send us forth into the nations. Lord, through whatever means and methods, even in these pandemic times, Lord, show us how we can reach the nations for your honor and glory. We ask it done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And if you would stand and receive the blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace now and forevermore. Amen and amen and amen. God richly bless you. See you next week.